taxes and things like that. It's been, it was great. So um, just praise God they're back. And we have two new members of Dwelling Place in the house tonight. Today. Out tonight. Yeah. Today, really twins of sorts, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we want to thank God for Amber and Nick uh, Ogle, Avery and Emsley, right? Did I get those right? There's one of them right there. Avery and Emsley are in the house. Let's give them a hand. I don't know where the other one is. I was like, man, I'm, I'm so thankful that God graces people to do that, but I'm glad he didn't grace us to do that at this point. <laughs> I'm not sure I could do that. Uh, they, did, they are getting some sleep. They, they, I think they made it eight hours last night, so thank the Lord. Um, so praise God for that. So we want to welcome them amongst us. Um, they're going to hand out a sheet, right? All right, go ahead. Um, sorry, I got, the, I got the sheet on the press late, so they're going to be handing these out. It was really interesting. Um, to, Rick was, you know, originally we had thought Rick was going to be sharing. He went to Atlanta and then got back late last night. And in the process of this week, we were like, that's probably not a great idea, you know, to go all the way to Atlanta. He's already been sick. Can you just turn me down just a touch? I feel like I'm still hot. Um, went to Atlanta, and, of course, he was already sick. So they got back last night. They had a good trip. and But he needed to have a, a uh, time off, which is good this morning. So he and Paul are, are taking a time for them and the Lord this morning. But anyway, it was really interesting. Uh, you know, Rick said, well, who has word? And I just felt like I had, you know, I'd, when I did these two messages on perseverance, I felt like there was more, sort of more to that that I could share. And I was like, well, I mean, I have some more things of perseverance. And, and um, Rick was like, well, I think you're supposed to share, but I think you need to think in a different mindset, like just different thought. Like some, there's something else in that. And it was just really cool because probably in my old days, I'd have been like, nope, already got it. Uh, if you don't want that, too bad. So sad. <laughs> I will share later. But it was funny is like, you know, I'd, and I, I just know that I have been growing because I was like, all right, I'll just hear what the Lord's saying. And, and I, was, I was thinking, because I was thinking, you know, the reality is, you know, the, the word last week was about growth. Faith to faith, glory to glory, grace upon grace, right? And I, and I, was a, I think it's a strong word. If you weren't here last week, get on the website. I think it's, is it up there, Jen? Yeah, it's up there. Uh, listen to it. It's just I think it's the word of the Lord for this year. And um, it was really interesting, you know, because I was, I was thinking, you know, perseverance, that is growth. I mean, you think about, you know, you think about the great men and women of faith, Abraham and, and Sarah. I mean, do you think perseverance had anything to do with their growth? I mean, you'll be the father of many nations. You'll be the father of faith. And then what? Time passes, time passes. Years pass, 25 years later, bam, you know, there's Isaac, you know. I think about, you know, we were thinking about this, Jessica and Kyle, right? It, it was eight years? How, how long was it? Maybe not that long. Seven. Seven. Yeah, we've been, we were praying for them. Seven years. You know, it's just, it's a long time. I mean, 25 years is even long. I mean, you know, think about David. You know, he was crowned, he was anointed king. When he, back in the day, and then all of a sudden, he, it wasn't, uh, I think I wrote it down, 15 years before he was anointed king over Judah. It was another seven years before he was anointed king over Israel. 22 years between the time of the word until its fulfillment. And you think, so, you think David did a lot of growing in that time? I bet you, and you think about Joseph. What if he was in second in command right off the bat? What if they threw him in there right before he went, got in prison? You think he would have made it? I think not. I think he would have blew it. I think he would have, he would have been zealous. He would have been great. I mean, he would probably have been good for a second and then probably crashed. But through the growth that he went through, you know, those uh, almost 13 years before, by the time he was sold into slavery, before he became second in command in Egypt. So I wanted to share about that, and I think that it's important. I felt like the Lord said, you know, think about growth and differently. Um, 
And it was interesting that Rick said um, 2014. <laughs> he put 2014 on the, uh, the sheet last week. Everybody remember that? And the Lord really, I feel like it was prophetic. The Lord just awakened me at 6 o'clock in the morning the other morning, and I just started getting downloaded of what I was supposed to share. So, and in that, he said, I don't, it wasn't a mistake he put 2014. Because the year of growth, I believe, for this body was last year. Because when you persevere through a hard year, I mean, I, I don't know how many I've talked to, but I, I haven't, I've talked to very few that said 2014 was a great year for them or even a, a good year for them. Probably for me, spiritually, in a spiritual, the top three spiritual battles of my life, like, you know, you might not have been involved in all that. You might have known all that, but probably the, a year, probably one of the toughest years of my life spiritually to, to stand. And so he's, uh, the Lord just shared, he said, you will grow in 2015 because of what you persevered through in 2014. The growth that you'll have is because of back there. Because you stand, and when you stand, there's something that happens in the spirit. There's something that happens in the spirit that when you stand, it releases the growth forward. All right? So I really believe the Lord was saying, no, 2014 was the year of growth. You'll get to receive the benefits of that this year. Will it be always easy? Probably, maybe not. Anytime we grow, we have to overcome, right? Anytime we grow, you know, you get to do those things. And, and so... Um, it was really interesting in that, and I just really felt uh, really to share that. Um, you know, as I was thinking about the great men of faith, I mean, you think about this scripture, I'll just read it, Hebrews 11. For what more shall I say for time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, David, Samuel, who by faith, and you think, and I'm going to list this, and you think of how easy these are, okay? Who by faith conquered kingdoms. Performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead back by resurrection. Others were tortured, not accepting their release, so they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mocking, scourgings, chains, imprisonments. They were stoned, sawn in two, tempted, put to death. They went about in sheepskins. Sheepskins, goatskins, destitute, afflicted, ill-treated. That was the great men of faith, right? <laughs> great women of faith. That was the list. Think they, do you think they grew in that? you think they overcame? And I love that this is probably my favorite. I think I'm going to switch this out. This is just pop. Um, and you, this, is probably one of my, this is probably my favorite. I have a lot of favorites, so this is probably not my, this is my top, one of my top five statements of the Bible. I love this note, and he threw it in parentheses, which I'm always like, man, this is probably one of the biggest parentheses of the Bible. Men and women of whom the world was not worthy. I love that. That's my, that's one of my favorites, because it's not about the big dogs on TV. It's not about the, you know, the big, you know, those that get glamour and things like that, and we'll talk a a little bit about that, but it's, you know, those men and women that will stand, you know, in the midst of things going on in their life and grow through those, through those times. So perseverance is a key. So anyway, that was a crazy long introduction to where I was going to go this way. Because <laughs> I think going forward, the Lord was just sharing to me to share about my week. All right. He said, well, share about your week. All right. So this week, uh, Lee and I, um, Probably for the last two months, Tammy and Tula have been telling us about this Dan, Dan Foley. Foley Fitness is a um, you know, local fitness place. And so they are doing, he got this vision you know, to tithe some of his t workout, tithe his time. And so they have opened up their workouts to um, pastors, pastorettes, and all the above in relationship to that. <laughs> um, men and women just that are you know, full-time ministry or walking in ministry, um, they're, they invite them to come. And so there's if every day of the week, it's like 45 minutes, an hour, you can come. And for, you know, for us, it's free. I mean, we paid for that for a while, and it gets expensive. You know me. Uh, <laughs> 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 she's worth it. Well, I sent her. I didn't even send me. Uh, I sent her, and I was like, I couldn't, definitely couldn't afford me. Um, but so anyway, we, 
you know, we, so they've been trying to get us to come out, but in the move, I was like, there's no way we're going to be able to even get out to that. So, of course, this was the week that we started in this endeavor. And the Lord started showing me real quick about growth and about this through this week. And um, it, was, it was quite interesting. Um, and it, it's really neat. The Lord's given Dan Foley the, just a really neat concept of working out. And really, it's all he's tried to just be biblically based. I mean, he's just doing in sevens. He's got all this stuff. It's really neat. The Lord just downloaded in some things. But anyway, so here's some things that the Lord just really showed me this week um, <laughs> in my funny uh, thought about working out. Because, I mean, I'm a guy that grew up. I mean, I, I was a three sports guy. I mean, I was, uh, I mean, in high school, I was fit only because I was doing something all the time. And probably in the last six months, I mean, something, every once, like before that, every, probably every Friday, I'd try to go down and play volleyball with Brian and the crew down there. But that's it. That's all I do as far as, I might run around a lot, but that doesn't, that doesn't always real count to, uh, to, to getting in shape. So I'm probably, you know, Maybe you don't think from the outside, but I was—I am in the worst shape of my life. Like physically, like like if you had to get me to run, I would be uh, on the side, <laughs> puking and other things that you probably don't want to see. But you know, there was this there's this place I came to. Probably the last six months, I haven't done anything. I haven't even gotten out to play volleyball. And um, so the Lord just really, you know, put it on my heart to really just start. You know, it was nice that it kind of coincided with this uh, going to Foley and. So really, these five things came out of that. And I think the Lord was just saying, you know, we need to keep talking about this area of growth. Because I really believe that this body, maybe me individual, but I really believe this body, the body of Christ in the New River Valley, is supposed to grow this year. Like, grow. I, I'm not always a big numbers guy. I, I want depth. Like, I really want depth of growth in you. Like, that's my heart, you know. Uh, that's the heart. And so I just throw it through in these five keys of growth, all right? So really, we started, uh, the first one is the key to growth. Sorry, I don't have PowerPoint or anything today. Y'all just going to follow follow along, and we're going to sc- throw some scriptures. If you want to flip to Colossians 2, you can flip there. That's a, we'll read a few scriptures, and I'll just read some of them to you, but we'll flip to a couple. Um, it's really interesting. We started the day out... Um, Started the week out, so I get there, and, you know, in my competitiveness, I am very competitive. So my competitiveness, you know, I'm thinking, you know, what is, what is this going to look like, you know? Because, you know, you, you know how you are when you get in the midst of other people. You start thinking, man, I got to, you know, I got to kind of show off a little, you know, I got to, you know, show up, show off a little bit, and, you know, get going. And so we get in there, and, of course, you know, the first thing they do is they want kind of the proper technique. And with proper technique, you know, you're just basically lifting the bar. I mean, I was lifting the same thing Leah was lifting. I mean, so that tells you, you know, that, I mean, she's strong, but right is, I mean, I'm thinking, man, I can do this. You know, and it was kind of like, I was like, Dan, like, you see these right here, don't you? <laughs> Come on now. I know y'all can't see this under that shirt, you know. As Jim Agnes would say, what, thunder and lightning, or was it freedom, freedom and liberty? What? I can't remember. He, he always made a big joke about that, but I was like, Dan, you know, you know, I can, I can do a lot more than this. I mean, and that's what I was saying in my spirit. I didn't say that to him, but, um, but you know, the philosophy was that if you start out strong, you won't finish. If you start out maxing out, you'll never, fi- you, you don't have anywhere to grow. Like you have zero place to grow at that point. And you probably will burn out quick and you probably won't stick with it. And, that's, and that was our philosophy. So he was showing us pre- proper technique, which was, you know, it was really good because in some ways you, you think that you do things well and you're like, mm, you know. He's like, no, nah, you need to do some of that. And I think, you know, for me, I've, I've watched over time some of the greatest falls of men and women are when they get promoted very quickly through the ranks. That always scares me. You know, I mean, if you're one that wants to get promoted through the ranks, you know, just pray about this because it, growth is a gradual thing. And that was the cool thing. He's like, you know, what you'll start finding out is that you're going to look back over these sheets that you put down. Today, you're going to put down zero on the bar, but you're going to look back and you're going to see growth in your life. You're going to see growth. And the Lord is just saying, you know, some of this, this place sometimes where we get very zealous and anxious and I want to be somewhere where I'm not, you know, take a step back and say, all right, God, show me where I need to grow today. 
show me where I need to grow uh, this season. And it's kind of like, you know, if I gave Caleb at age 12 the inheritance, you know, our inheritance, would that be smart or not smart? I mean, I love Caleb. He actually does a lot of really, I mean, he is definitely, is, are, are my girls in here? Sorry, I'm just pointing them out. He's definitely by far my best cl- cleaner of the bunch. Like, I can take him anywhere. He went with me yesterday. He cleaned out my, the whole garage at the Blue House. That's a whole other nightmare. I won't go there, but just trying to get out of the Blue House. I'm like, oh, my gosh. There's another sermon of that. You should, if you're doing a floor, you should probably get some help doing the floor, you know. So, anyway, I, did, I had to replace the kitchen floor. So. But, anyway, listen, listen to Colossians. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, what? So run in him, right? Now walk in him. Having been firmly, what? Rooted. And now being, what? Built up. So you got to be rooted. You've you got to start walking. you got to start uh, that, that first statement, walk in him. Get rooted in him. If you ever, I meant to put a picture up there, but if you ever seen a tree, what happens? I mean, as big as a tree is this way, it's what? Just as big that way, or else it doesn't stand. And that's what the Lord's saying. You know, you know, don't don't get frustrated at that that place, um, at these small or slow beginnings, because it's not always bad. And I I found that out because here I am doing. I mean, he got the first day we were just doing bar. I mean, we just lifted the bar. I did push-ups. And we did something else. Squats, all right? Next day, I'm like, I felt every muscle in my pec that I had. I didn't know I had that many muscles in that, that general area right there. <laughs> that general area has a lot of muscles, especially when, like, like, then you get in the uh, presence of somebody like Ernie who says, oh, does that hurt? <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm paying you back, Ernie. I'm getting you on that. So he's like, yeah, does that hurt? I'm like, oh. So, yeah, just by doing little. I mean, I just did this little. I was like, oh, Lord. Wow. Okay. And, uh, and you know, and I think if you'll flip to Mark 14, I just want to speak one more on this subject, and we're going to move on. Because um, this lady, the Lord just put this. I was reading this the other day, and I, th- I think I read it at the funeral, um, at Irene Williams' f- funeral, if I'm not mistaken. And when I read it, the Lord just highlighted something. When you talk about these people and men and women of faith, talk about small, like just small acts. Gosh, I cannot turn. This is why I put stuff on overhead. I cannot talk and turn pages. Matthew, Mark. Is it up there? Sweet. All right, I'll just read it from All right. So while he was in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper, he was reclining at the table. There came a woman with an alabaster vial, a very... Costly perfume, a pure nard. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. It just made me laugh this morning. I was like, I was just thinking about Tammy saying, "Hey, Tammy, what perfume are you wearing? That sounds nice." Ah, it's just pure nard. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just pure nard. I mean, you, you like that smell? <laughs> pure nard. All right, sorry. And she broke the vial and poured it over his head. But some were indignantly remarking to one another, "Why has this perfume been wasted? For this perfume might have been sold for three hundred denarii and the money given to the poor." And they were scolding her. But Jesus said, let her alone. And I love this statement. Why do you bother me? She has done a good deed. For you always have the poor with you. And wherever you wish, you can do good to them. But you don't always have me. And this next statement just threw, like, left off the page the other day when I read it. And it says, she has done what she could. She's done what she could. I felt like that's what the Lord. Because, you know, a lot of times we get in this life and we start comparing. So Mark's, Mark and Margie have been doing it. And so... What if Mark can try to compare himself to me and I compare myself to him? Then either, you know, maybe he's lifting more than I, and then I start trying to lift as much as he is, and then all of a sudden I'm what? Doing, I'm, I'm hurting myself. You know, whatever that looks like, you know, that's why that scheme is there. Comparison, we've, you know, we've, we've uh, talked about comparison in this place so many times I'm not even going to continue to say it too much. But, you know, when they measure themselves by themselves, they're without what? Understanding. So even in this place of starting small, like just enjoying the day of small things, the small beginnings. And, and if that's where you need to start this year, then start. Like don't, don't say, well, since I can't get there, I'm not even going to start at all. I think that's sometimes where we get. Or, and then sometimes we feel like we should be so mature and then we're having to start back a little bit, you know. Because, I mean, 
I used to do three sports. I used to do things that I cannot do right now at 42. My body still thinks it can do it. Like when we do those 30 innings of softball, you know, I still think I can do it. And then I find out the next day my, my body laughs at me like, yeah, yeah, you did it. All right. Yeah. So, so just, you know, there's that place. All right, keep going, Mitch. All right, key to, another key to growth, embracing consistency. You know, one of the things that Dan automatically, when he took us in, he started, he kind of talked to us about the, the greatest thing that he saw in, like, as he was studying uh, working out. He said, the biggest thing that I see throughout nutrition, throughout the actual process of working out, um, through the process of, um, you know, sleep, yes, and just life in general. He said, the main component, as I studied all of those because all those are key components to living a healthy life in their terms, was consistency. You know? And I think in spiritual terms, I think of that as faithfulness, diligence in that, in that arena. Because you know, you know, the reality is, is that you know, f- for me, I mean, how, many of, how many of us have started workout programs at the beginning of the year, and by uh, maybe about January 15th, we have already gotten <laughs> off the plan that we started at the beginning of the year? And I can guarantee, this is, what, this, is what, this is what happens to me. You know, I start it, I miss a day, and then what do I do? Man, that felt really good. <laughs> not working out, not doing that, and so well, then what do I do? Oh, that next day felt even better. Well, I'll get back to that, and we'll talk about that in a second. But, and I didn't stay consistent with it, so then it didn't become a place of my life. It didn't, that didn't become a, a healthy place of my life, you know. So there's this place that, you know, I'd love the, um, I love this scripture in Hebrews 11. 11. Really, faithfulness is always based on God's faithfulness, right? We can only be faithful because what? God's faithful. All right? We can only be consistent because we know the God of consistency is in us. All right? I love Sarah. Her faith was based on God's faithfulness, Hebrews 11.11. 11. By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive. We talked about that at the beginning. Even beyond the proper time of life. Why? Because she considered him faithful who had promised. You know, Luke 16.10, he who is faithful, consistent in a very little thing, can be faithful and consistent in much. You know, the Lord just, you know, and I think the biggest scheme in that is that, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm always like, yeah, I'll start, I'll start that tomorrow. I'll start work. I'll start eating better tomorrow. I mean, anybody in that one? I'll start, this is my last one. I'll, I'll start eating better tomorrow. You know, it's always that, you know, it's, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow, you know, and the, and the scheme goes, and, and, uh, and I love this in Proverbs 6, 6, 6 through 11. We used to have a lot of uh, fun with this uh, scripture, because it almost sounds like spiritual cussing some, in some ways. It feels like I'm getting called something that I'm not, I mean, something. It says, go to the ant, oh sluggard, you know, I think that's a, it feels like a spiritual cuss word, sluggard, you sluggard. But, it, but it's interesting, it says, observe her ways and be wise, which having no chief, you know, sometimes, you know, chief this way, of course, but having, you know, nobody having to tell me what to do, no officer or ruler, I go and prepare. I'm consistent preparing her food in the summer or else you don't eat in the winter. Gathers her provision in the harvest. How long will you lie down when you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. Your poverty will come like a, a vagabond. And your need like an armed man. And so a lot of those, a lot of that is, you know, the enemy is always trying to get us into poverty mindset. And I felt like my body was, has been in poverty mindset, <laughs> poverty, because I hadn't, I hadn't activated it. And, and there's things, and it's funny, and this kind of goes into this, the next one. And I want Jared's got a few things to share in this one too. But the next one is like, sometimes you got to work through soreness. Oh my gosh. It was funny, the, the, the second day, like, Leah's like, because both of us were like, oh, my, wow. And, and she's like, I don't, I don't know if I can go. And I'm like, I'm just telling you, if I don't go, I won't go tomorrow because I'll feel even worse tomorrow. <laughs> you ever done that? Felt bad one day? And then, I mean, you work out, I'll skip this day. Well, you even feel worse the next day. So it's like, man, I just got to keep going. And so we press through. It's funny. It's, it's, it's amazing. Once you start. Work, this, the workout, it actually feels better. Now, I'm not saying that night it actually can still feel bad. <laughs> but once I start the workout, it's like, oh, okay, man. And, um, but sometimes you'll have to work through soreness. 
And let me put a little commercial in here. I'm not talking if you got a broken foot. You're not, I don't want you to press through a broken foot. Like, when you're putting this in spiritual terms, like, if you, if you, need, if you need some healing and help, I'm all about freedom teams. I, I love, you know, seeing people healed and set free. But sometimes in life when we start to activate things, like I activated my body by doing some push-ups, I, my, I didn't think I could do another push-up the next day. I just told Dan that. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to see. I mean, we've done push-ups every day. And so I'm like, but I've done them every day and gotten through them every day. And the Lord's saying some of that I've got to push through soreness because it's in that activating. Some of us are activating things that we maybe in this year we're going to activate things that maybe we haven't activated for a while. And that can be a little crazy for a few minutes. And so you want, let me, I'm a, uh, as Jared and I were talking about this last night, he had some really Great points in that. He's going to bring his little girl up to do it, too. Hopefully she'll stay asleep. <laughs> oh, so we were just talking, um, and Rick had brought this up on Tuesday, just asking, um, just kind of, you know, Mitch mentioned what Rick had said to him, but he had also kind of thrown my name out there of, hey, you know, um, bring him up there and see what's going on. So I was like, well, probably ask before Sunday this time, um, <laughs> see what's happening. Um but the term that kept running through my mind was reason of use. Um, and, in, you know, I say it a lot, but in Hebrews 5.14, um, depending on what you're reading, it talks about that solid food is for the mature who through practice, or in King James Version it says through reason of use, has trained themselves to discern that which is good and evil. Um, so the understanding in that is that if I want to get to a place where I can eat solid food, um, it's not going to be by, you know, just asking the Lord, make me mature. Um, it's going to have to be that I'm going to have to, by reason of use, practice my discernment. Um, if I want mature discernment, I have to practice discernment. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm on my own in that. Um, doesn't mean that I sit at my house and I ask the Lord to show me things and I make a conclusion about what I'm discerning and I just go with that by myself and I never talk to anybody about it. Um, that I just all of a sudden understand, um, get this understanding that all of my discernment since I'm practicing is always correct. Um, you mess up lots of things in practice. Um, that's one of the reasons that we do practice. Um, you know, but there's a reality like what Mitch was saying. Um, I used to, uh, before I moved up here, I, I would work out a lot. I spent probably about five years, five days a week in the gym. Um, and up before that point, um, I would start a lot. And I would have this grand idea of, like, I'm going to start, you know, hour, hour and a half every day for five days. Um, and I would go, and I'd try to do it by myself. And after about two or three days, I'd decide not to go, and then I'd feel like I'd messed up my plan, so I would just give up the plan altogether. Um, you know, and a lot of times, spiritually, that's what we do. Um, we start into some things, and we practice, and we maybe miss some things, or we do some things wrong in our practice. And all of a sudden, our plan of where we're going to end up at, by practicing this for the next three days, um, we don't get there, so we give up on never getting there. Um, and some of it, you know, like Mitch said, you get sore. You have to work through the soreness. The best way to get rid of the soreness is to go and do it again. Um, you know, the Lord doesn't get messed up when we mess up. He's not messed up about that at all. He used to tell me a lot. He said, I'm not impressed by your gift at all. And I said, what? He said, I'm not impressed by your gift. So that has absolutely nothing to do with you. Um, what he's impressed by is the fact that I step out and try to love people and I try to do what he's doing. And when we do that, he's okay with that. And if we're stepping out trying to love people and practicing things and practicing in worship or practicing in, in faith or in discernment or any of those things, and you're doing it in, a, in an aspect that you want to see the Lord and you want to be a part of what he's doing and you want to communicate the love of God to people, then he's okay with us having to learn how to do that in a better way. Um, you know, people come up to me a lot and they say, the Lord spoke to me and I didn't say anything. And I, you know, I haven't heard the Lord since then. And I'm like, well, do you think it's because the Lord's not speaking or do you think it's because you're carrying so much regret that you messed up that you can't hear what he's saying now? Um, because I don't believe that he stopped speaking. I don't believe that he stopped trying to do things. I don't believe that he's disconnected from you. I believe he's still wanting to talk to you. But we've got to get to a point to where we're okay with practice. If I do it good today, then that's better than I did yesterday when I messed it up. So one success, you know, one for two is bad, not bad. That's 50%. You know, 
Maybe next week it'll be 60%. Even 55% is better. You know. But if I'm okay with doing it right part of the time and maybe getting better at it, then you know, we're going to experience growth in that. That's good. And, I, and I, I love that scripture, you know, through, through practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. And that's, that's where we got to go. This is a year of growth. It is going to be a year of that, what Jared was talking about, you know, stepping out, stepping back into some things. Maybe we've, like, laid down because of that. And, um, but so sometimes you're going to have to work through soreness. Um, that's probably why the, the, you know, the times that I gave up on things was because I felt that I did that, you know, I got this great ambition to do it. But as soon as you start into working out, you might as well, you got to bank on that. It's like, I've got to, I've got to know that I'm going to be sore that next day and I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going because that's, that's what pushes through. Um, see if I, um, and I was thinking about, you know, even, you know, Tammy, uh, you know, she just went through uh, surgery on her hip, you know. She's got to do some things differently than we do. But that, that hasn't stopped her from going. And so there's this place that even sometimes we just got to get in that, that place that, you know, even, even when we can't do the things because of maybe uh, we're really healing up in an area of our life, you know, it doesn't mean you're sidelined. It doesn't mean that you're out. It means you, maybe you need to adjust some things that you're doing, but it doesn't mean you're sidelined. And I think that's the biggest thing. God wants to, you know, just really call you back into that. Um, uh, flip to James 1, 1, 2 through 4. Do we have it up there? Yep. He's quick. Um, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Endurance. That's that practice. Through practice, train, they're trained. They have endurance. And let endurance have its perfect results so that you what? Maybe perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. I think that's, that's one of my favorite scriptures of Paul. I mean, to me, that's my goal. I mean... I don't, I'm not ashamed to say that. I don't want to be perfect to be perfect to show you guys up. That's not it. I don't want to be complete just so that I, you, I can say I have it all together. I don't want to be lacking in nothing just so that I don't need you. I want to be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing because that in that position, there's a place that I look this way, and I look this way, and I see the kingdom of God amongst in, in my midst. And I think that's what the Lord's calling us out, perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. Um, Romans 5, 3 through 5. And not only this, but we exalt in our tribulations knowing that soreness brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character, proven character, hope. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I love that trans, I mean, soreness, if we're going to put it in terms of what we're talking about, brings perseverance. Perseverance, proven character. You know, that's, that, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've watched somebody, you know, get in the gym of life, and they're, they're maxing out. Like, they, okay, I'm called of God, I'm, and, you know, the Lord spoke to me that I'm supposed to be, uh, you know, called to the nations, so I'm already at the nations. And where did, what, what happened in between? There, you know, no growth. So at some point, it looks really good at the beginning, and then gets, you get killed. Because why? There's no proven character. Because proven character then brings about hope, and hope doesn't disappoint. And so there's this place that God's really continuing to call us into that place. You know, persevere through the, that soreness. Um, the scheme for not pressing through because of the scheme. What did I say? Not pressing through because of soreness. Philippians 3.12. And I love this. And here's this Paul's philosophy. Not that I've already obtained it. I mean, if, if anybody had gotten to a pretty good place in life, was it Paul? <laughs> I mean, if, if I threw Paul, the apostle, in the Bible, in here, how many of us would feel like we measure up to him? All right, nobody, very few. I mean, I hope that we have confidence, not that we have to measure up to him. The confidence of the God that's in us is the same. But the cool part is that he said, I, I haven't even already obtained it, or have I already become perfect? But I get to do what? Press on through the soreness of life. Press on that I may lay hold of that which I was laid hold of by Christ. Brethren, I do regard myself as, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind 
forgetting that my body feels like junk right now, <laughs> I'm going to reach forward today to the things of today, to the, to, to, the, to the upward, to the prize, to that pressing, to the prize of the upward call. Because if anybody had reason to quit because of soreness, Paul did. Let me, you want me to read you the life of Paul? All right. I speak as, are they servants of Christ? Are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane. I more so. In far more labors, far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and day I have spent in the deep. Have been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the cities, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I've been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, apart from such external things, <laughs> just because of all that, uh, there is daily pressure from me concerning the churches. I mean, he's like, if I didn't already have spiritual pressure, well, here's a bunch of physical things. Who is weak without my being weak? You know, and I think what he was saying is that continue to press on towards the upward call. You know, that's what he was mixing. I think... You know, he, he spoke all that night to, not to be boastful about, hey, I got, I got, I'm one up on you. Whatever you have, <laughs> whatever has gone wrong in your life, I'm one up. He, Paul wasn't about that. He was just saying, I think he was saying, all right, I've been through stuff, but I've got to press on, not laying hold of it yet, press on to the upward call of the life in Christ Jesus. And so um, press, through that, press through that soreness. If you have a broken heart, a broken leg, something going on in your spirit, then find, find a freedom team. Find, find somebody, find a friend, find somebody in your life and be healed of that. Uh, I mean, I don't know about Tammy. She doesn't want a, a broken, she, before she had that surgery, I mean, y'all saw her. I mean, she had to just wobble along. I mean, that's not what God has called us spiritually to do. Some of us need that surgery of the heart. Some of us need that surgery in life. Don't, don't, don't try to keep, you know, jumping around on the broken hip, you know, get healed. Then you start working your way to jumping around. Maybe not, not jumping around. Eventually we'll jump around. All right. Fourth one real quick. Long-term mindset. Is that right? Or key to growth. Long-term mindset. All right. A lot of my problems is sometimes we have vision, we have zeal, but we don't, when we don't see immediate results, like if I show, if, if I went into Dan and I said, all right, measure me again. He's like, what? You've been here for four days. No, well, measure me again. I got, I got to see how much I have grown, right? You know, thunder and lightning have grown this week, and I need to know, make sure I've grown. Now, would that be smart or not so smart to do that? Because guess what? I can guarantee you that hasn't grown this week. These right here. I mean, I feel a little bit stronger doing the things I've done, but I can almost guarantee you, Maybe micro growth right there, all right. And I'm not ashamed to say it. All right, it's, all right. it's okay. Because one of these days, maybe. But the reality is, it doesn't matter because what the Lord's trying to get into us is that if I don't have a long-term mindset in this, I'll quit after this week. Because I, I mean, I don't see any results. I don't feel, I don't feel like this great revelation of health in my life. You know. Well, Mitch, you've only been at her four days. Well, that's plenty, right? Well, you've only been at this Christian walk a year, right? Or two years or three years. Well, that should be plenty. I should be like super Christian, right? I'm pretty sure Paul just said, I, I, even him, he hasn't even laid hold of it yet. Don't, don't get that, that short-term mindset in your growth. You know, get that place of, all right, God, what do you have for me today? What do you have for me this week? What do you have for me this year? All right, get that vision, and you don't 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 get, uh, you know, get to that place where I'm evaluating everything so so soon. Um, yeah, I think about Ephesians 4:15. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head. I think Rick spoke this scripture last week. You know, it's a, it's a place of growing up into the head. You know, the Lord's growing us up in that. Um, you know, you know, it's just that place that you know. Even when I was in there, I, you know, I've just got, you know, part of me is, like I said, once again, I was like, you know, I want to go in there and say, Dan, you need to put some weight on this bar because I need to get going along. You know, I need to get these guns going, right? 
but I have to entrust my fitness to a guy that knows better than I. I have to trust my spiritual walk with somebody that knows way better than I. And, and I've got I've to leave it there. Now, the scheme is, of course, the microwave mindset. Press, uh, Proverbs 12, 27. We, we are in the microwave mentality in, in a lot of ways in our society. You know, but the pre- I love this. But the precious possession of a man is diligence. Let me read that again. The precious possession of a man or woman is diligence. And the way of righteousness is life. And in its pathway, there is no death. You know, there's this place that God's saying, you, you have a precious possession, and it's diligence. It's, it's getting that long-term mindset of, all right, I'm in, it, I'm in it forever. I'm in it for the long haul. And I don't know about you guys, that's where I'm at. I'm just in it for the long haul. And I get frustrated, and, you know, sometimes I look at the church, and I'm like, God, I want this church to be so much more connected. And I'm, I've been at this for years and years, and it's nowhere. It's not, I don't feel like it's anywhere maybe closer to being connected than it was. You know, if I start getting in that mindset, I'll, I'll die. I mean, I'll be get hopeless. It's pr- leaving those things behind, pressing on, asking God to do that work this year, and that's what I'm believing. Um, and the last one, just key to growth, we grow better together. You know, one of the things going into the week, I was a little bit, you know, it's one thing to do, ex- you know, go work out on your own, like you and a trainer. Like, so then you really don't have anybody to do what? You don't really have anybody that you're, comparing with you don't have anybody that you're kind of looking at going maybe oh gosh I should be there or you get prideful because you're like wow dude man I got it up on them you know but when you all of a sudden you get in the you get in the the place I was a little bit intimidated going in because I was like man I've got to like be in this group of people and like what am I going to do the cool part was that when I went in think and it's really neat a group a bunch of group of pastors and some women uh, that are lay members and some pastors of some churches are there, and it's really cool that God's really actually through this, even this little thing, he's bridging some gaps, you know. I'm meeting some pastors from other churches, and it's really neat um, to get to know them in a way. And it's, But it's also good to, that you're, they usually teams you up, so you get, to, you get an opportunity to walk with some of these guys and, and gals and, and encourage them and build them up. And so it, I've, I believe it's always better together. Like there's a place that we, if we walk this life out together, that's where God's calling us to. And, and so some of us, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, you know, if you call introvert, extrovert, I'm kind of right in the middle. I, can, I really can be with people, and then I can really just be by myself. But there's this place sometimes where I'm like, the Lord's saying, you know, Mitch, you do do a lot. You try to do a lot on your own. Like you try to do a lot in your own strength. You know, that floor that you did this week in that kitchen, it would have been nice if you'd have called some people and asked, you know, for some help. You know, it, it would have taken you a lot less time, and you wouldn't have killed yourself. But there's this place that God's saying, you know, Ephesians 4, 6, from, the whole, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building of itself in love. I've just realized that in exercising, it almost feels like I've exercised every muscle in my body. I've realized, okay, these things are important down here. Yeah, evidently, I hadn't been using them. Uh, but, you know, I think it's the same way. In the body of Christ, you are important. Like the functionality of just, not just performing, it's who you are in the body. It's, it's, it's the working pl- place. And so as, we, as I grow, Tulio grows, as Tulio grows, I get to grow in this thing. You know, it's, and I can go through each one. You know, there's a reality. Is, as I grow, you guys get to go. As you grow, I get to grow. And so that's, it's important for all of us to get in that mindset, that place that God wants walking this out together. And I'm believing for even more revelation of how to do that in, in very practical ways and being able to do that. But I love that, that which every joint supplies, you know, that which every joint supplies. And so the scheme, of course, is going to be walking this life by yourself. And Ecclesiastes 4, you know, it says, Two are better than one. They have a good return for their labor. For if either one of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. For woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. If one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. Y'all have heard that before. But there's a reality that, you know, we can't do this life on our own. You know, I, I need every, every facet of the body, you know. 
You know, there's things on you know things that you think of like a like a big toe. I don't know if you ever stubbed your toe. You never really you never pay attention to your toe until you do something like that, right? And then you realize how like how much that one toe helps you walk. Because then you're like, oh my, oh my. Every part's important. You know, and every part is very significant to this place. And so I just want to speak that into you, uh, in, into this place. My wife's going to come share off that. I was too sore to share too much, but <laughs> I can't walk up and down the steps right now, which I couldn't all week long. But I don't know. The only thing I heard, and this is really quick, but the only thing I kept on hearing and a lot, like in my life, is a lot of times a place of new. Like when he's calling us to something new, it's usually a place that's not developed yet. Like it's a place that's weak. And I think in our society, a lot of times we just are pressing into our strengths because there's security and we're kind of safe there. And I really felt like, because I was telling Mitch this morning as he's trying to study, I'm like crying. I'm like, I feel like every part of my life is weak, like right now. Like a lot of unfinished, I'm not, I feel like I'm just not, you know, there's just a lot of that. And I really felt like as I was worshiping, the Lord was just saying, you know, Leah, like, in your weakness, my strength is manifested. And so this place of really not being condemned by our weakness or shamed, like not letting shame keep us from growing in those places that we're weak and just knowing, like, he wants to bring his strength and his power um, into those areas. Cool. has got something to and I, and I was I was encouraged, you know, there's several things that Leah, you know, because Leah didn't grow up in a sporty family at all. Um, and so she never played sports or did anything. I mean, I'm so then she's not competitive. So neither one, although she does, you get her out of a volleyball court, she does get competitive. I have noticed that, but um, that's because right of me. That's because of me, but because um, I'm ultra competitive, unfortunately. But, um, but the reality is that sometimes... Um, she, there was some, some things that she, you know, just like a squat, like things that I would take for granted because I've just been so active all my life. Well, those were hard for her, but it was cool that, you know, even the first thing, you know, Dan just took, t- took her and was like, okay, well, you're, you're just, there's a technique in it. Like, you're just, you're, you just need to adjust that. And then she picked it up right quick. And so, so, but some of us are just so afraid that because of this weakness, okay, I'm going to go in there and nobody's, everybody's going to make fun of me or whatever, you know, we don't even try and the Lord's saying, no, the pure body of Christ is going to come alongside and build you up. And that's what we're praying is this body of Christ, that's who we are. We come alongside and say, hey, you know, just adjust that right there. Oh, yeah, th- there it is. Now you got it. And so there's a place that God wants to do that. So um, I usually don't like getting up here. And my husband's at home with a sick child, so he would normally be up here. But I really did feel like the Lord... He kept, he kept like, you know, Michelle, if you get a word, you know, just be bold. I'm like, <gasps> he's like texting me, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. But I really felt like I needed to just share this one little thing. But it really spoke to me when Mitch said, you know, shared Colossians 2, 6 through 7. Therefore, as you receive Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted, and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. And I really just... When I read this, I really remembered a word that Joe and I received this summer from some friends. And, you know, they just really saw us, they saw these roots going deep. Because for the past few years, we've been just frustrated. Like, even before that, we, we moved to New York for a year. And then we really felt like the Lord strongly called us back here. And we thought, okay, we're going to jump right into ministry. We're going to do all this stuff. And it didn't happen. And you know, a lot of times Joe just said, he's like, I feel like our car is like stalled, like we've just been stalled. And I really felt like during that time, like the Lord was just like, you know, we were just being rooted, you know, just going deep. And so I, you know, so, you know, the the past couple of years have been really hard, um, just with our, our nephew passing away. And then I went through just a lot of like, you know, just wrestling with the Lord and, and, and all that, with dealing with that death and stuff. And But I really, it just really, 
I just want to encourage you all, you know, just like the Lord is just, you're going deep, like you haven't missed it. And um, like I think about palm trees, because I grew up in West Palm Beach, Florida, and um, they're so, they, they stand so tall, and, they're, and they can with, withstand storms and hurricanes. That's why they plant them. And um, my parents, when we, growing up, my, my dad had three palm trees planted, because I have, there's three of us in our family, and um, I actually went there this summer to see our old house, and I think they're still there. <laughs> but it was cool because they're, they're still there, and there's lots of hurricanes that go through Florida, and because they can withstand the storm. And, you know, by your roots going deep, like, you can withstand, like, when the enemy comes at you, when there's these storms that come at you. So. Yeah. That's good. Um, well, and I was like, Jared has something. Just really practicing team ministry, you know, just team ministry, just trying to hear what the Lord's saying in this. Uh. I wanted to see where Mitch was going to go, so I didn't want to say too much when I was up here before. Um, but one of the things that the Lord um, has in the past few weeks keeps bringing to my mind is um, the separation between growth and maturity. Um, because we talk about growth, and we try to lump growth and maturity together. And if you look at when Jesus was walking along, and, and John was with him, and uh, I can't remember the whole scenario, but John's response to Jesus is, hey, let us call some fireballs down out of heaven, you know, and take care of this situation. And Jesus turns around to John, and he says, John, you don't know what spirits you're of right now. Um, the reality is, is that John had probably grown spiritually to a place to where he could probably actually do that. He had probably spiritually grown enough that he could have had enough understanding and enough spiritual authority that, that he was going to be able to do something like that. And what Jesus was trying to tell him is, is, John, you need to get some maturity in your thinking. You need to allow your maturity come into alignment with your growth. Um, I love my son. I love his mindset. He takes life very head on. Um, when he learned how to walk, he would just run. And he didn't know how to stop, so he would just fall down because stopping wasn't a part of it. He would run into a wall if it was there. And then he would stand up and run back into the same wall, waiting on the wall to move. And he would do it three or four times until he just started screaming. Um, he, he just takes things head on. He loves cookies. He loves sweets. Um, one of the things that he has done, he's grown to a place to where he can eat things like that now. His bigger problem now is some of y'all know that eat lunch with us every now and then is that he stuffs the whole thing in his mouth and holds his hand in front of his mouth so that as pieces are falling out, he can shove them back in. Um, you know, very frequently he'll get choked and he'll have to spit it all out. Then he's upset that he doesn't get to eat his cookie, um, that he just shoved the whole thing into his mouth. There's a level of growth that he's obtained. Um, what we're trying to help him understand now is a level of maturity. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, you need to understand when you should do those things and how you should do those things. Um, you, you know, um, sorry, my mind is all over the place, but um, Ingrid, I about called you Eva. Um, Ingrid, um, yeah, she's run in the Boston Marathon, you know, once, twice, once, um, you know. But she, she didn't just start there, you know. Physically, she got to a place to where her body had grown to a place where she could run. But there's a level of maturity that Ingrid has to carry in that to know what a limit is. She has to know at the same time of what's safe and what's not safe. Um, and it feels like what the Lord's doing is that we've, we've experienced some growth. And now what he wants us to do is he wants us to understand how to mature in that growth. He wants us to understand what we, what we know how to do. Um, my uncle, my great-uncle, my grandfather, my dad, they all used to take me out shooting when I was a kid. You know, they taught me how to breathe when I was shooting, you know, how to squeeze easy on the trigger, and all the different stuff that you learn how to do when you're shooting. But at the same time, what they also taught me is now that you know how to do this, you need to know how to use it. Um, you need to know when it's proper. You need to know its place. Um, you know, they gave me authority to get the gun because they knew that I'd understood how to use it. And it feels like the Lord's bringing us to a place to mature with him because he's brought us to a place where we know how to do things. There's spiritual authority. There's growth. We've walked in such places with him that now he's saying, okay, you need to know how to use it now without killing yourself. Um, 
Right now what he's doing with me is he's having me define everything that I'm doing. He wants me to define my role at work. He wants me to define my role as a husband. He wants me to define my role as a father. He wants me to define my role in the church. He wants me to define my role on the earth. Um, Because there's something that I need to understand of what he's doing and all that. Because he's given me places and he's given me things to use and all that. But I need to understand in maturity what he's asking me to do. Because I'll kill myself doing everything. If I take everything that I have in my hand and everything that he's given to me and just try to do that, I'll kill myself. Eventually, I'm going to turn around and all my resources are going to be gone and I'm not going to have completed the thing that he's asked me to complete. It feels like the Lord has taken us to a place of maturity to understand who we are in him and define what is my role. Who is he asking me to be on the earth right now? Who does he want me to be in this church right now? How am I going to be with him tomorrow? What does he want that to look like? That's maturity. That's when I can understand I don't just run around in the house trying to find my place all the time. I know my place in maturity. And in maturity, I'm okay with him telling me what to do and just doing that thing. So I just wanted to speak that out there. Um, Because it feels like I think some of us have been in this real big season of growth. And we're frustrated because we know there's a lot of things that we can do. And we don't feel equipped or empowered yet to do them. And what he's asking is for the maturity level to come up to the growth level. Just because you've grown to a certain physical point, you need to understand how to live in that point now. Once you understand how to live there, then you'll see some power and authority released there. I also, um, you know, because I had no idea what Mitch was going to do today. But during worship, first two songs, I just kept hearing the Lord say, get out of the boat. And I feel there's a segment of people here today that this message is just about understanding that God uses change to change us. And, and a lot of times we get frustrated when things get shaken up in our lives. And we don't really understand that sometimes, not saying all the time, but sometimes the Lord is using that to get us out of the boat. Um, I just feel like uh, God gave me a couple things in relationship to that, um, that there's just a, a group of people that um, you, you just... And I think Leah was speaking to this. You're in a comfort zone, right? Uh, you know, it's just, it's, you know, we all face that thing. I mean, thanks, Mitch, for the conviction on working out. And, uh, you know, but every January, right? I mean, we all, we all come to that, right? And we're just like, oh, this new year, new me, whoop, right? Um, but we have to get out of the boat, right? And, uh, you know, so just a couple phrases just hit me. And, you know, you've probably heard them a thousand times. But if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. The definition of sanity, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And, uh, and I just felt like there's some of us need the encouragement, need to really just hear this morning that, you know, if, if we're going to move into the things that God has for us, if we're going to run the race and, you know, it is a marathon, not a sprint, you know, we've got to start. We've got to get to the starting line. We've, we, when the pistol goes off, we have to run, you know. And, and I, he gave me this word out of Jeremiah chapter 48. Uh, verse 12. It says, Moab has been at ease since his youth. He has also been undisturbed like wine on its dregs. He has not been emptied from vessel to vessel, nor has he gone into exile. Therefore, he retains his flavor and his aroma has not changed. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will send to him those who will tip his vessels, and they will tip him over, and they will empty his vessels and shatter his jars. And I had to do a little bit of research here because I really didn't know what that was about when I first read it. And it's how they purified wine back in the day, which is they would empty it from vessel to vessel. All the sediment would settle into the bottom. All the, the, the bad stuff would settle into the bottom. And as they poured it from vessel to vessel, uh, the wine would become more pure because the sediment would, that was settled in the bottom would stay in the jar that was emptied. And I just felt like the Lord, you know, speaking this morning, there's some of you out there, your, your jars haven't been emptied from vessel to vessel. That's the change that the Lord uses to change us. And, uh, and if that doesn't happen, God comes down and he shakes, us, shakes things up. He tips over our jars because he's got a goal in mind for where we need to be. And, and so there's a get out of the boat that needs to happen for some of us this week. And I just felt that was what the Lord was saying. Amen. Uh, did Amy
me step out? Oh, can you or Grant come up and just play? Um, Grant, can you just play some of them? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Talk about pushing out of the boat, right? Let's stand. Let's stand. I just want to pray this over us. Um, if, if we can have some of the team come up, we'll have some people to pray afterwards, definitely for... I just encourage you. I want to. I want to pray something over all of us, and then um, I'm going to release you. And if if the Lord's doing something further in you, if you need salvation this morning, these teams will be up here to pray for you. If you need uh, healing this morning, I think the healing teams are still here. Maybe Brandon, possibly they might be up here. Oh, Brandon, Brandon will be over here. Some of the uh, healing teams. If you need physical healing this morning, we were just praying. We were praying strong in prayer this morning that, that some people need to be healed this morning. So if, you, if that's you, come and grab some prayer. Um, if you need prayer for anything, these guys and gals are going to be up here. So I just want to pray that. But, I mean, I want to let you know that. But I want you to, can you just put your hand on your heart for a second? Lord, you, we just have heard, Lord, your word this morning just about growth. And God, and Lord... We just, we just pray that we would be able to receive that which you've imparted today. God, that, uh, Father, that this year, God, of 2015, God, is going to be a year of, of, of great growth. I, I believe, I'm, I'm excited to see it. You know, I'm, sometimes I'm a little anxious. I'm like, I don't know what that looks like. But I really am. I, I really sense, Lord, the Lord doing some incredible things in 2015. And I really believe it's because we've st- you continue to stand fast and in those hard years. Maybe last year was a hard year. But Lord, I do want, I do want to address and just ask that, Lord, this year would be a year that of growth. Lord, we really embrace consistency, God, that there's something consistent in us, God, that really comes forth, God, that we aren't afraid of the small beginnings, that God, some of us that maybe have started things and then have kind of let it, let it go, that beginning again is not, it's not a bad thing. God, just really stepping out again is not a bad thing. Father, starting that small, and Father, God, if it, that when we do step out and, and, and that soreness comes, or that, you know, that exercise, and when we've, just as Jared was saying, when we start exercising that, and, and, and because we haven't used it in a while, Lord, sometimes we need through practice and through that soreness, God, that we keep pressing forward to that upward call, God, that, that we're going to receive that this year, God. We're going to reach for that upward call this year. God, we're not looking behind anymore. We're not looking to the things of the old, the things of the past, the failures, the, the, the places that we haven't been able to get to. God, we're looking to you because you are, God, our future. God, you are life in that. So, Lord, this year we bless that. And, and Father, I just pray, pray we get that long-term mindset, God, that, God, that we're in it forever. God, we're in it for good. And we're going to see you grow us in great measure because of that. And, Father, that at the, and the same thing, we're better together. God, we're better together because, Lord, Lord, two are better at labor than one, God. Three, a strand of three cords is not easily broken. And, Father, some of us that need to step out of that boat, some of us need to just really ask the Lord for wisdom in that, God. I just pray that you would just empower us, Lord, to know that it's much safer out of the boat with you than it is in the boat. God, and then, then Lord, those places where you're taking our vessels and you're really just... Uh, creating just that pureness of the of the word of God in us, God. I just pray that we would walk in that this year, God. And in, in the name of Jesus, God, we just I just declare these things that we would have just wisdom and revelation, as Jared was saying, of of, of just our, even just the things that are surrounding us, God, so that we're not always just running around with our heads cut off trying to figure out what to do, but God, that we know you and we know where you're going and we see what you're doing and we participate in that. So, Lord, just, just grant us that this year in Jesus' name. Yeah, and I just wanted to share something real quick. I won't be very long because I want to watch football like you. But anyway, um, I just was really, uh, you know, Greg and, and I and a lot of the, the leadership at Eagle's Nest have been really trying to pour into the guys this week. And I heard Greg say something this week to the guys that, you know, when he brings them in for an interview to come into the program, uh, when he looks at them, he sees what they can be. <laughs> You know, he sees their potential. You know, he sees what's there, uh, what, what, what that person can be. And, you know, it, it made me think of that scripture, you know, Con- consider yourselves dead to sin but alive to God 
in Christ Jesus, that, that God doesn't want us to identify with our failure. He doesn't want us to identify with our sin. He wants to identify with the fact that we're alive because of the gospel, because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. We're alive. We're free. He died for us. He shed his blood for us. We're sanctified. We're set free. We're bought with a price, right? We don't have to identify with where we've gotten it wrong. He already took that on. He already bore that on the cross, okay? And we're free. We're free because of him. We are alive. We are alive. So we can consider ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Amen? So, Lord, we thank you for that. I disagree with that. And, and Lord, I just, as, as we go out, as we go forth from this place, God, I, I just pray that this just can be new, fresh vision of not where, we, where we've been or we've missed it, but, God, of where we're going, where you're taking us this year, God. This is going to be your growth of your kingdom in, in us and through us and, and among us. So, Lord, we bless that in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm just going to encourage you if you